Welcome to another edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings, where we walk with you on your journey to wholeness. Our host is Dr. Jeannie Burnett, licensed clinical psychologist and certified eating disorder therapist. Join her and her host, Carlos Houston, as they discuss the relationship between your food, your faith, and your feelings. Welcome to another great episode of Food, Faith, and Feelings. I'm sitting here once again with the beautiful, always happy, always smiling, always making me laugh. Profiling. Sometimes it's better to laugh than to cry. (laughs) Hello, Carlos. How are you doing? What's up? How are you feeling? Uh, Pretty good today. I've had my coffee and I'm ready to go. That is a must. Uh, I had my coffee and it was very good coffee. You are welcome. Thank Mm -hmm. you very much. So what are we talking about today? Well, today and for the next two weeks after today, we are talking about respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. I was totally singing that in my head too. Oh my goodness. Yes. (laughs) And so what we're, the way we're going to lay it out, um, I have recently been around, I mean, I've had different situations that have come up either with clients or with friends about respect. And I feel like, especially because of the climate, uh, the political climate these days, that the left and the right, I feel like it's, it's like the country is divided into two gangs, Mm -hmm. the reds and the blues. And so I'm so tired of my friends saying different things. And, you know, my quote, Christian friends bashing the other side and they're saying the same thing about that, how the left is doing that to the right and they're doing the same thing. And so hypocrisy much. Hmm. Um, so, and then I've got other situations that, um, a client contacted me and she's been experiencing some, um, sexual remarks at work and was really just distraught about it. And, uh, she's also in the radio industry. Um, and in the uh, football industry, and which is very heavily male-dominated, um, and there's just a lot of old attitude about women. And so she and I were talking, and she contacted the EEOC. And so, you know, but they said there's really nothing that she could do unless it happened again, which is a horrible setup. True. It's a horrible setup. And... Then I have another friend that was talking about how she was, she and her husband were riding their bikes and she was riding down a sidewalk down a street and somebody honked. I think her husband was ahead of her and someone honked and it freaked her out. And so she slammed on the brakes, the back brake. So the front brake went and the back of her bike flipped her over, flipped over her head. She landed in the street and thank God there wasn't another car coming. Wow. She could have died. And I know that people like to flirt, but that is just inappropriate. And so all of these situations together, I mean, I've started this hashtag called practice respect. So it's hashtag practice respect because we all suck at it at different times. I think a lot of you were talking about the, the political climate that we're in right now. A lot of it has to do with just such strong emotions tied to what we believe. Um, and, and one of the things that we, we, you and I talked about earlier was that perception has a lot to do with it. And so from our own 
perception, from our own experiences. We truly believe what we believe. And because we are so tied to those experiences and those emotions, a lot of times we disregard, whether it's intentionally or unintentionally, uh, we disregard other people have different experiences. Other people have different perceptions. And we have to respect. Doesn't mean we have to like. Doesn't mean we have to agree. No. Nope. But we have to respect, and, and another word to use is accept. Mm-hmm. The other people are going to feel different about this. Other people are going to see it different. And that's okay. That's the beauty of life. We we talk about we celebrate the uniqueness, the that we're all a totally different fingerprint from anyone else. However, that's an idea that we talk about, but the actual application of it is something different. We want everyone to think the way we think or see things the way we do, and that's not ever going to be the case. I think respect is a large part of that is remembering that other people have different experiences, different perceptions, and we have to validate that. Yes, so the, the, the focus for today's show is respecting yourself. And the next, the next week's show is going to be about respecting others. And then in two weeks from now, it's going to be about respecting God, which I think is a very unique concept that a lot of people don't think about. So today I want to... So you building a house here. Oh. We're going to start the foundation. Well, right? you know, we're all about relationships. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so the foundation is... Respect yourself. Respect yourself. What does that mean? Well, exactly that is I have a lot of clients that will come in and they will talk about how they will do for others. And then they will, but they will say the worst things mm. to themselves about themselves. Oh my God, I am so fat. Oh, look that, at my Don't hair. say that F word <laughs> in my office. Exactly. We don't say right, that F word. Right, right. No way. I look horrible. And you know what's interesting <laughs> is, um, our brain doesn't understand where the message comes from necessarily. I mean, yes, we can rationalize. Okay, yes, that is coming from outside of me. But regardless of where, whether the message or the thought is coming from inside of my head or outside of my head, if it's a negative message, my body reacts in a very, um, it, it gets stressed. It's, it's like the internal stress that it begins to create it's dangerous because our body is set up to self-protect. And, you know, if somebody is saying, if somebody were to say to you, you are so fat, you are so ugly, you, oh my God, you're going to wear that? And I know that there are people out there that do say that. And I am so sorry that they will, that they say that to other people. However, if you're saying that to yourself, there is no difference. Exactly. It and is, there's no defense. When, when you... When someone else says it to you, you have the ability to defend yourself mentally, emotionally. You can defend yourself from that. But when you're saying it to yourself, where's the defense? Well, and it reminds me of the verse, a house divided cannot stand. Ooh, girl, go on then. That's what I'm talking about. I have a friend, uh, actually a family member. You and I had <laughs> talked about this. That's perfect. When, when, uh, and, and she is very often saying things like that about herself. Oh my God, look at this bulge in my stomach. Oh my gosh, look at my hair. Oh, my, I look horrible. I look hideous. So I don't have any makeup on the day. I look. And and I I just recently asked her, uh, uh, do, do me a favor. Every time you say that, I want you to pretend like you're saying it to the person that means the most to you, your best friend, someone who who maybe has your gone child. through some things. Right. I want you to imagine that you're saying that to that person. And and she was like, I would never do that. Okay. 
Well, just imagine that. And and she has been, she'll catch herself now. Right. And correct, okay, I can't say that because I would never say that to this person. I would never say that to them. If you would never say that to them, then why well, are you saying it to yourself? Comes back to self-respect. Right. We So respect, I looked it up in, in the BibleGateway.com. It's my one of my favorite websites. But respect and honor come from the same derivation. And respect means the same thing as, you know, honor, honor thy mother and father. And so if you were to honor yourself, now many people are going to take that as a narcissism. Right. And, when, and when I begin to talk about boundaries and taking care of oneself, they believe that that is over, being overcorrective and, and thinking too much of themselves. But God calls us to be honoring of, think of yourself with sober judgment. Like with other as the same, do not think of yourself as more as better than or less than another person, but think of yourself as an equal. And I think that that is, I mean, because Christ looks at us like a brother and a sister, brothers and sisters are equal. And so people are sinning every single day. If you want to think about like how our thoughts can be sinful and if you are downplaying and you are criticizing and judging God's work and granted nobody is perfect because right what do we do with perfection we killed it and so the goal is not perfection the goal is to be understanding your position with yourself in relation to God in relation to Christ in relation relationship to others and to hold that and the other part about respect is that you find value in what you respect. Right. That's very good. Very good. And that's that's the thing I think we we lack that balance in, what you were saying about the honoring yourself and the, the, the self-loving versus the self-loathing. We think it's more humble to put ourselves down. That's that's humility. And that that is not That's disgrace. Exactly. Would would Putting a company down be considered humble? Why was putting myself down be considered humble? If for me to say that I am an excellent poet, oh, he's arrogant. Right. No, I believe in myself and right. I believe in my gift. That's that's no different than me saying this restaurant fixes a great steak. Right. Okay, that's not that's not arrogant of or the restaurant said we fix a great steak. They're saying this is something we're good at. This is something that I'm good at. And we we don't have the balance too often to, to be able to give ourselves that self praise and that, you know, to be our own proponent. Um, I, I tell people all the time, if you don't have a, a pair of pom poms and a pleated skirt and stand in the mirror every morning and cheer yourself on and you're doing yourself a disservice, like you have got to be your biggest cheerleader. And then you step out because there's a million and one things in, in, in our life and our day to day routines that's chipping away at, at our self Steam chipping away at our security, you know, just all kinds of things, whatever it might be, good or bad. But to be able to know when you look in the mirror that I got this. Right. Well, and here, you know, I would like to actually turn the uh, question to our audience. What is it that makes you believe that you're not valuable or worthy of liking yourself? Who taught you that? What happened to you to make you believe that? If somebody has 
been critical to you, your mother or your father or a grandparent or somebody that was in a position, you know, an authoritative position or an authority position? Like when we're children, we don't understand that when someone is speaking to us that they're really speaking about themselves. Like one of the things we're going to talk about in a future show is that what comes out of you is a reflection of what is in you. And so if you have pain and you have hurt and you feel disgusted because somebody touched you inappropriately, that's stuff that's got to come out. It's not you. It's in you. And those feelings have to come out and those thoughts and those memories and that that stuff has to come out. Because if you clean house, then it won't be divided anymore. Baggage, getting getting rid of the baggage. It's, and the, the thing is that we all have something. Everyone does. Um, where we fall short is we know our baggage. And we esteem it to be so much worse than anybody else's baggage. Not recognizing that everyone has something. And a lot of times, ten times worse than what we have. They've gone through things, but we only see the outside. We only see what they're showing us, and they look so good to us. And, oh, my God, their marriage is, I wish my marriage was like their marriage. Oh, I wish I, I, I had control over my children like they have control over their children, whatever it might be. Not knowing that they're going through hell at home. We don't see that, so we believe that what we're going through is so much worse. When instead of comparing and, and looking at what we may, may not be as right as we want it to be, Looking at what is right, looking at what we do have, being able to esteem what is we're bringing to the table. That's, I think, the first place to start, just being able to compliment yourself. So every time you feel that need to put yourself down because you didn't do that right or because you made a mistake or you fell short in an area, being able to turn it around and say, well, I did do this. And not for the sake of proving anything to anyone, but for, to yourself. Being able to esteem yourself. I saw something the other day. Uh, on one of the social networks. I tell you what, we're going to get back to that after the break. And I do love the concept of comparison. Yes. And so let's talk about that, but let's hear back from a word from our sponsors. right? Oh, we got to pay the bills. That's right. They got to pay the bills. (laughs) So could your nonprofit use $10,000 per month in free Google advertising? Since 2003, Google has donated free advertising to over 20,000 nonprofits in over 50 countries throughout the world. They've helped them raise millions of dollars in cash donations, recruiting and volunteer work, and in raising awareness for their causes. Visit epicgrowth.com, that's E-P-I-C-growth.com, to see if your nonprofit organization is eligible for this $10,000 in free advertising today. NISA is a capital company that helps connect those who are from countries outside of the United States to access funding and legal assistance using specific programs that are flexible in order to enhance a project's success. NISA Capital is a global professional services firm that's headquartered in Atlanta and has locations in Miami, India, China, Korea, Vietnam, and Latin America. Thank 
you. A big thank you. We love you. Heart you to our sponsors. I appreciate it. Because without our sponsors, we wouldn't be here talking to you about this stuff. So I apologize, Carlos. I interrupted you to go into commercial break. Please bring us back. Okay. Well, I was talking about encouraging ourselves. And and I think a lot of times we find ourselves trying to prove to other people we're good enough or prove to other people. And it's not the, I I saw something online, social media, but it was said that life is about improving things, not proving things. Um, And that's a big part of it. Uh, When we're encouraging ourselves and, and trying to uplift ourselves, it's not for the benefit of anyone else, but for ourselves. Well, and I believe like, and I always say this, that God wants us to grow up. That's Christ was the ultimate like adult, he was adulting very well. Even when he didn't like to do it, he was adulting. And so I tell clients, because I firmly 100% believe, because I've seen this over time, that most adults do not emotionally mature beyond high school. Might be 16, might be 18, maybe some are 19. But hmm. very few people that I come in contact with are 30s emotionally or 40s it's I think it takes a lot of making peace with your past and making peace within yourself and learning that I matter as much as you do not more than and not less than but as much as you do I agree I agree 100% I think it's our experiences and and that puts us in a position to either remain the same or choose to grow do we want to stay status quo? Do we want to stay the way it is? Or do we want to put forth that, that cognitive effort to say, okay, there has to be a change made here. And that's something that what we're talking about now, because out of the millions of people that are listening to this broadcast right now, woohoo! we are so <laughs> glad we've grown that fast. Exactly. Uh, I know there are people who are listening who have experienced everything that we're saying, who mm-hmm. experienced some self-loathing. They've experienced some uh, saying negative things about themselves. Well, right. And I think a lot of it, too, comes from, like I was saying earlier, when we are children, we are in our most narcissistic, naturally narcissistic time. And so anything that you that happens around me, if it's my mom is mad at my dad and she yells at me, it's it's my fault. It's it's something I've done. Or if dad leaves, it's because of me. And children just don't have the frontal lobe, because it's not developed yet. They don't have that capacity to differentiate between what's your stuff and what's my stuff. It becomes all my stuff and because of me. And so from that, we grow and, and, you know, it's like the layers grow on top. And if the belief system is I don't matter or I'm not good enough, then you could be, I mean, I work with 50, 40, 56 year old women that continue to feel and react and act from their four-year-old wounds. And so the important thing, I think, in respecting yourself, of course I'm biased here, but is to take that chance, take that risk, find someone, a therapist or somebody at your church or whatever, to help you sort out the, the stuff inside of you. Because... That's important Mm -hmm. for you to be able to learn that you have amazing value and you have self-respect. And I want to point out that narcissism is not respect. 
narcissism is actually the counterbalance. So it's like if I if I am if I feel like I'm a negative five compared to everyone else, and I need to be above everyone else, or I need to feel like I'm at least equal, then what I do is I overreact and I become the positive five to everyone else. Then I become better. And narcissism, I, I, I also like to say that pain draws attention to itself. And so if my heart is hurting, then narcissism, you know, is about me and, and fixing me and because I'm hurting so bad. And, and so it's they overcompensate for the woundedness that they feel inside. And it, it just is something that they... I, the people that are living with narcissists, I, I, something in your background is probably why you're there. Um, you can help yourself. However, I believe that if you're in a, in a marriage or a dyad with a narcissist, unless they get help as well, things are going to radically change if you get help. And I mean, I had a client 15 years ago living with a bipolar narcissist. They had been married for as long as I had been alive. So at that time, it was about 36 years. And I said, you've got three choices. You can stay and try and work on it. You can stay and ignore it, or you can leave. And so she chose answer B. She, she chose to stay and just kind of ignore it, and they live separate lives. Wow. I want to go back to what you were saying about the women that you've worked with who have um, you know that that low self esteem, or or don't feel like they 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 matter. I think from a male perspective, we are are um, action driven creatures. Right. We we what we produce oftentimes are a direct reflection of our self esteem. So as long and as who we're, you think you are exactly. Mm-hmm. So as long as we're producing something. So for for there's a lot of men who may feel like, well, this is a woman's conversation, or this, or it's talking about something different. Well, not understanding that. If you don't make budget or if you don't uh, get that account or if you aren't able to um, reach whatever status you're trying to reach, does that affect how you see yourself? And if it it does, then that's an issue. That's something that has to be addressed because who I am is who I am and who I am can do some great things. But also who I am makes mistakes sometimes and who I am falls short sometimes, but it doesn't change who I am. And yeah, and you you actually are bringing back, I think, one of the most important pieces of this, which is what I'm my blog is on. God, one of the most important and intimate things that I believe that God said is, "I am who I am." Well, who should I say sent me? Well, I am sent you, and because we are created in God's image, I am has the most powerful impact about who I am, like, and what. What I believe after that statement, who I am, I am okay. I am not okay. I am not safe. I am not loved. I am whatever it is that you in the core of you believe who you are, which was some, some probably somewhere developed in around age three, four, five. And that becomes sort of your life. It's, it's the thing that dr- draws you and drags you through life. And if you don't work on your I am statement, then it's going, you're going to struggle. I agree. Knowing who we are, again, that goes back to that, that, that time in the mirror in the morning. I think it's that those positive affirmations are so important. And 
And I know a lot of people who think that's silly. And I know a lot of people who operate and practice that on a daily basis. But for those who don't, uh, you should look into it. Being able to look at yourself every morning, looking at yourself and saying who you are. That's going to take us to our verse of the week. Ephesians 5.29. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. Brothers and sisters out there in Radio Land, I want you to take care of yourself like Christ does the church. Thank you very much.